Look who's here. Oh, hi. Hi, buddy. It's Kim Kaylin. Hi. The OG couch surfer. <laughs> Haven't heard that name in a while. Today we have Cato and Commander Borza on Conversations for the Animals with Tina and Tama. And Cato was surrendered to Officer Borza. Um, do you want to tell his story? Yeah, I was at the, uh, the Houston uh, Harris County Shelter. And I was talking to a guy on the parking lot that was surrendering Cato because he was moving out of state and couldn't take uh, Cato with him. So I immediately contacted uh, Pet Set Ladies and uh, we've got uh, him at the Houston Dog Ranch right now, and hopefully he'll have his forever home soon. He's a good boy. He's a good boy. Does he sit? Can he sit? Can he sit? Sit? Can he sit? Get, sit, get on. sit. He only does it for treats. Yeah. Oh, there he goes. That's a good boy. So we're looking for a great home for Cato. All right. Good morning from Conversations for the Animals. We have two special guests here today. I'm Tama Lundquist with Houston Pet Set, co-president of Houston Pet Set with Tina Lundquist-Faust, co-president of Houston Pet Set. And welcome Commander Borza from HPD. We're so happy to have you here today. Thank you. Yeah. What prompted this visit? Well, um, I am over one of my um, duties at Houston Police Department over Major Offenders Division is I have an animal cruelty task force and uh, we deal with animals every day. I have one sergeant and six officers and we're all over the city picking up animals that are either abused, neglected, um, or they just run in the streets, dog fighting. We deal with horses, cattle, sheep, pretty wow. much everything. Wow. And uh, it's, it's just a job that's near and dear to my heart because I want to save as many animals as I can out there. Yeah. And, uh, that's what we do. And there are a lot out there, aren't there? There's a lot. Unfortunately, we deal with about 50 to 80 animal cruelty cases every month in the city of Houston. Wow. That's just coming to us. Right. Uh, there's probably more, unfortunately, but that's what my crew deals with mm -hmm. on, a, on a monthly basis. And that's really a lot when you think about if you seize those animals, what are the outcomes for those animals? So that is a, a lot of animals to care for, find placement for, vet, get socialized, recover whatever needs to work. be done it is definitely a lot of work. definitely yeah. a lot of work uh, we work with many animal rescue groups pet set obviously um spca bark houston humane harris county shelter and uh, we've got a very good um relationship with them mm -hmm. so as many animals as we can we try to save unfortunately some of the animals that we come across are too far gone and they had to be euthanized but it's pretty far and few between mm -hmm. most of our animals go on to find a, a wonderful forever home and that's our goal yeah. we, we try to find these dogs homes that they'll be happy the rest of their life the worst thing that we see is um you know dogs who've been neglected abused tortured maybe for most of their lives and then to wind up in a shelter only to be euthanized and not have not have known love like we promised them when we domesticated them. Yes. So to hear you say that you find good outcomes or try to find good outcomes for these dogs is so um, important to us too. Yeah, I'd yeah. say 95% of the dogs that we that we rescue um, find good homes. Yeah. So I think that's a pretty good stat. Okay, so let's back up. We're getting, we're getting deep into this. Um, about three weeks ago, you uh, contacted me and we keep in touch and we have cases sometimes that we need your help with. And sometimes you, you have cases that you need our help with. And you said, help, 
Houston pet set can you help? Because yes. uh, I don't know if our fans fans out there can see it, but we have an Akita roaming around here. Um, and his name is Cato. And you were out at Harris County on another another um, situation, but you ran into some people. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, I was going out to, uh, once a month, we have a meeting out at Harris County for the Harris County Animal Cruelty Task Force that I'm a part of. And I, I saw a gentleman in the parking lot and uh, he had Cato with him and he was letting Cato out of the back. And something just told me that he was going to surrender the dog. So I approached him and we, we chatted and he explained to me that he was moving from Houston to Las Vegas, I believe, and he couldn't take Cato with him. And uh, I didn't understand it, but I knew that he was, he had reached his, you know, the end and uh, he took Cato inside and got him put into the shelter. And I had my meeting and immediately after that meeting, I contacted you mm -hmm. and uh, Cato was in the uh, Harris County shelter for a week. Mm -hmm. And then you and I spoke some more and we got him to the uh, Houston dog ranch. Now he looks great. He's uh it seems like a wonderful dog. He does. So I have high hopes that he'll have a get a good forever home soon and uh and he'll be a happy dog. We know we know he must be friendly and fun because Jill's on the floor laughing and I think he's eating something. So. Yeah, he's a big boy too. <laughs> he's a good boy. He sits yeah. and he shakes and he does all of the above. He's a good, good boy. Yeah. You you uh, just going back, when you saw the dog. And you, you told me, I think you texted, you said he looks so confused. Yeah. You know, here's a dog who's been in a home. He, um, by the looks of him, he probably had been living outside, but uh, at least maybe no abuse, maybe, maybe not a lot of neglect. But the emotional toll you saw on this dog's face as he was being dropped off by the family, probably the only family he'd ever lived sure. with. You know, we look at the outsides of them and, you know, uh, do they need vetting? Do they need rehab? But you sometimes you don't understand what happens to the their hearts when they're surrendered. But you saw something that day. You said, I think he he doesn't know what's going on. Yeah. I, I went and saw him a couple of days later and he was very aggressive. And I was just thought to myself, if I was in my home, normal situation, and overnight I'm taken and put into a little shelter with a bunch of other dogs that are loud, um, he was probably just out of his element. Mm -hmm. And uh he very confused, very scared. And uh, luckily for us, he's healthy, mm -hmm. and he he was spayed and neutered at the shelter. And from seeing him today, he's cleaned up, he's groomed, he looks fantastic. So we definitely made the right call, and I think he's going to do fine. He's a beautiful dog. He is a beautiful dog. He's gorgeous. I was I was th um, going back to what you do um, and the calls that come into you. How do you um, how do you get most of your cases? Are they calls from the public? Or they um, is it because what your officers witness on the streets? Or how do you get most of the cruelty cases that you investigate? Most of our cases come from our patrol officers, mm -hmm. and they, they run calls for service all day long all over the city of Houston. We have 22 different districts in the city of Houston. Wow. And they will come across animal cruelty calls. And if it's an exigent circumstance or the dog's in close to a death situation, mm -hmm. They'll call my animal cruelty unit, Major Offenders Division, and we'll go out there and seize. The, either we'll have the person surrender the dog, or if they won't, we'll just seize the dog. We have uh, Precinct 1 judges, Precinct 6 judges that we speak to on a regular basis. They'll give us a seizure warrant, and that gives us the right to remove that dog from that bad situation. Um, other than that, the patrol officers write their reports, and the very next day, that report, all the animal abuse or cruelty cases in the city of Houston that HPD uh, completes a report on. Oh boy. Just um, say no, Jill. 
Cato's getting, Cato's having fun. The, uh, they come to major offenders division, my animal cruelty officers read them. Right. And then we respond to them. And I'm, we're also a part of pause. I joined pause about a year ago uh, when I became uh, the new commander over major offenders division, the animal cruelty unit wasn't on pause. And I spoke to uh, assistant chief Brian Harris mm-hmm. at precinct five, and it just sounded like it was a good fit. Yes. So we get a lot of calls from pause that we react mm-hmm. to too. So those two, uh, just officers on the street sure. who do a fantastic job every day, uh, and it's you get uh, people don't I don't think they realize when you see animals abused yeah. and beaten yeah. and you know, just tortured, it takes a toll on you. Yeah. And these officers see it day after day, right. um, but they still come to work every day. They right. write the reports. They send it to us. And unfortunately, me and my group, we have to watch the videos. Right. The, and uh, but we <laughs> do it. Yeah. And we get through it. And we go. We say that uh, the first thing we do, we go straight to the source. We seize the animal. And then we call the district attorney's office and uh, we file charges on that person if possible. Yeah. And there is compassion fatigue. I mean, there, we see it in our um, shelter um, uh, staff. We see it in rescue groups. You know, they truly, it takes a toll, as you said, on their it hearts, does. on their psyche, on yep. their souls. And um, it's something that needs to be addressed in our city because of the amount of cruelty, the amount of neglect neglect that um, people in animal welfare see. We, we get it on our phones every day. Yeah. We get mm-hmm. multiple calls every day. Can you help this, you know, dogs dragging their hindquarters across the street? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's tough to watch. It's, yeah. yeah, it is. It's hard to sleep at night sometimes. But if you don't because, watch it, then you can't help. Yeah. So you've exactly. got to do it and you've got to respond to it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And it's the sacrifice I think everybody in animal welfare makes. It's the investment that they make in this in the work that we do. So yes, I agree. kudos to your Bravo. Kudos Thank you. To, to Thank you. I, I have a wonderful crew. They do. I have 14 units in the major offenders division. So I get to spend maybe 30 or 45 minutes on the animal cruelty division. Right. Then I had to move to my other unit because sure. I've got so many things going on. I have 85 officer sergeants and lieutenants that I interact with on a regular basis. So I don't get to do as much as I'd like to in animal abuse mm-hmm. field, but my officers, they're fantastic and they deal with it every day and they do a great job. When you see animal cruelty in the field um, and you can go into those homes or go into those yards and and, um, save those animals or at least educate the owners, how often do you find other things in those homes that maybe are against the law, those owners doing things against the law? It all depends on what you're dealing with. If you're dealing with gang members Mm -hmm. who have the the big pit bulls uh, for for dog fighting, you'll find weapons, you'll find drugs. Um, A lot of times we have hoarder situations where they started out just trying to help the animals that they found on the streets. But 30, 40, 50 animals later in a yeah. very small house or an apartment, it's become a problem. Right. And we have to step in and, and educate and take, remove those animals because mm-hmm. when you have that many animals in a small place, uh, the, the diseases are going to be rampant. So, right. um, But there's a lot of things you can do just educating mm-hmm. the folks. But there's some circumstances where we went into a home probably a month ago the guy was caught on video beating his two puppies. And we went into the home and got the two puppies that night after we saw the video. And he had uh, dead birds in the house, a dead cat in the house. There were some very strange things going on in that home. Mm-hmm. And we were able to file uh, three felony charges on him, took him to jail, and got all the live animals out of that environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those cases, I, I, I hope they're rare. We don't run yeah. into those very often, but we do. Mm-hmm. And But most cases, I, I wanted to say... It's education because mm-hmm. I was grew up. I grew up with animals, but we treated them like family members. Mm-hmm. 
but not all people are like that. A lot of animals, uh, people are grow there for protection, protect your house or protect your business. You feed them, you give them shelter, give them water, and that's it. You really never become close to that animal. And that's, if that's how you're raised, it's fine, but you still have to take care of the animal. Right. Exactly. Food, and, and that's, water, yes, shelter. shelter yeah. Yes. Make sure the animal sees a vet on a regular yeah. basis. And I understand that he watches your business. He's a guard dog, but you still, by law, have to take care mm-hmm. of that animal. And that's, if you don't, we're going to come visit you. And speaking of law, it would be nice for you to have stronger laws to take dogs out of neglect situations. Yeah, I agree. Um, we do okay, but mm-hmm. there's there, we need more. We yeah. need stronger laws. We need some ordinances. Yeah. Houston is one of the few, is one maybe the only major city in Texas that does not have an ordinance that describes shelter, that describes um, how you properly care for your yeah. pets. So that would, from what we've heard from other officers and you on mm-hmm. occasion, it would help you to have that law to back you up um, to take dogs before it becomes a situation where they're almost dead. Totally agree. And there's a big difference between shelter and hundred degree heat or shelter. When we had our storm in February where it got below freezing for several days, we had a lot of calls about animals freezing because they didn't have the proper shelter because the owners thought the shelter they had for hundred degree weather would be okay for what did it get down to 18 degrees in Houston, which is unheard of. And uh, we had a lot of, unfortunately, bad situations mm-hmm. with the animals outside because it just wasn't appropriate. Right. So. I know that the Harris County Animal Cruelty Task Force got 5,000 calls. Yes, we did. Yes. And so um, then the system crashed. Unfortunately, there were so many calls and emails coming in that yeah. the system couldn't. It was a rough so two was, weeks, it was for sure. Terrible. It was um, tough for people, but it was tough for the animals. Too. It was. It yeah. really was. And, and you hate seeing that. You hate <sighs> seeing animals suffer. And the first thing you want to do, you want to react, get the animal out of that environment. Get him to SBCA, get him to bark, get him somewhere safe mm-hmm. where he can see a vet or her and uh, and take care of him. Right. And then we'll deal with the charges later. Quickly, I wanted to bring up another animal that you recently rescued. Uh, I think it was on the news and it wasn't a dog or a small cat, but you were. <laughs> it was a rather were... large tiger. <laughs> yes, ma'am. That was an interesting case for sure. Yeah. And uh, luckily that all worked out. The, uh, the tiger's in the sanctuary outside of Dallas now. I get regular videos of him playing and acting like a tiger now. Right. He's not living in a house with a small enclosure, you know, to use the restroom. And you just, I understand some people just want to do it for attention, Mm -hmm. but there's absolutely no excuse for having a wild animal as a pet. It's unacceptable. It's not right. It's not cute. It's not funny. It's, uh, it's, and it's against the law. That's, so, I think that's the point that needs to be made. It yeah. is illegal. It's against the law yes. to have a wild <laughs> Now we need stricter laws on that too. There's a big cat law that when, I, I don't know if it went to Senate. I know it passed Congress, but I think COVID got in the way and it hasn't passed yet, but it'll, I, I think that law, if it does pass, will have a little more bite to it. Cause we have, we have more, we have more big animals in the city. So we're aware of it. We just haven't found them yet, yeah. but we will. Right. Yeah, there's it's and it's usually not um, your good next door neighbor that has these wild animals. Yeah. They're usually probably, as Tama referenced earlier, involved with other other things that are illegal. Yeah. So very yeah. expensive to have a tiger or a bear, and usually the people that do that they're they're not our upstanding citizens. Let's just put it that way. Right, we'll keep right. it mild. <laughs> I thought it was interesting. Then uh, a couple of weeks later, we were talking about another case, and you said, "Oops, gotta go." Uh, you had rescued a little kitty. 
And of all things, you rescued the big kitty. No incidents. You were fine. But yep. that little kitty, it was like, yeah. how could you get in he trouble? He bit with the, the hell out of me. <laughs> oh, we swore. He got, he got me good. And unfortunately, um, I could tell she was in distress. And I and I thought she was in so much distress that I would just be able to pick her up right. and get her to the vet. Nah, she she got me pretty wow. good. I ended up in the hospital. Yeah. But that's okay. Yeah. We got her we got her to the my vet and unfortunately she she had throat cancer. Oh. And the, she was dying and uh, oh. we put her out of her was so reactive. It was just, it was her time to go. Yeah. So yeah. but she went out with a bang. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Well, and thank God you had she had you to uh, at the at her last days, say goodbye and love her. Love yeah, her I couldn't watch world. her suffer. And yeah. you, we all know you've yes. been around animals enough. You can tell when an animal. It's like a child or a person. You can tell when they're suffering. Right. And some people walk away from that. I can't. Yeah. And my animal cruelty officers, they can't either. We do everything we can for them. We say there are things worse than death, and one of them is suffering. So I agree. Suffering 100%. is worse, especially to the extent that we see it. Um, for animals in this community, you know, and you see it, we see it, you know, dogs that have been shot. I, my dog at home still has bullets. When it had him x-rayed, he's got bullets and buckshot in his, in a system that'll always be there. Yep. No intentionally hit by cars. It's just, yeah, it's hard to see day after day after day. And I think what we want people to understand is this doesn't, this happens more often than people think. It um, does. And People need to be aware of it. There need to be resources for animals coming out of this situation, for more officers, for it just, it needs to be funded to the, to the level at which um, we see. So I agree. It's, that's why it's really important to have yeah. you here today totally and to agree. talk about it. Because when you get the animals, if you were to bring them to Bark or Harris County, which would be the natural course for mm -hmm. you to do, the outcome isn't guaranteed. So it's not guaranteed, yeah. but uh, we do have a MOU, which is a memorandum of understanding with SPCA and Bark, that if HPD brings that dog, cat, whatever it be, um, they will do everything they can mm -hmm. to save the dog, save the animal, and get it to a foster, and then get it to a forever home. We've had maybe I've been doing this now for three years, heavily involved in animal cruelty world, probably about five or six that we had to put down. Mm -hmm. And when I, and when we were there on the scene, I could look at the dog and knew it wasn't yeah. going to be, be able to be saved. Right. There was just well, nothing we could do. Right. So it's very rare that they put them down. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but unfortunately we have to, we, we have to be realistic yes. in this world. Right. And some of them, you know, it's time for them to go. Right. And I hate it, right. but you know, no, it's, it's part it of life. Sense. Unfortunately, right. we all have an expiration date, We do. but, uh, we do everything we can to prevent mm -hmm. that for sure. Well, the, the animals coming in from you, from other officers we work with, and from our rescue groups, you know, they do need those outcomes. And Houston Pets that often, we're not a rescue, but we'll take them and put them in boarding and and um, hope that they get to forever good homes at some point. Yep. Um, but, you know, today we're going to, it's one of the first podcasts that we've done this, but we're going to ask if people are interested in helping these abused and neglected animals that you see on the street, that you pull from the street, um, if Houston Pets that can help them, we can, but we, we'd really like funding to help us do that because yeah, we have expensive. so many emergency cases that we, we take in and, um, you know, it does get expensive. You know, we, we have to vet them. We have to board them. If they're, they're not the healthiest dogs coming in very yep. often, because if they've been neglected, there's some health issues. So, um, exactly. it takes a, and sometimes we transport them and it's not, not inexpensive to drive a dog to, to Minnesota either. So, no. Yeah, so it's a if, lot of work, and I yeah. don't think a lot of the public just doesn't understand 
all the work, you know, once you get the dog, there's a lot more to it. Right. Once you get them somewhere safe, you still, it's, uh, takes a while to get it to the end result. And what we're all looking for is a happy home. Right. And we look, when we look at it, um, from a bird's eye view, it's not just a few cases. There are hundreds of thousands of strays on our streets, oh, yeah. you know, and thousands going through rescues and shelters. So we're talking about a lot of animals yeah. that really need our care. And the only reason we're not getting to them is lack of resources right now. Sure. You know, so those resources will help us get to more animals. What yeah. Tama's politely trying to say is please donate yeah. to Houston Pet Set today and we'll make sure that those funds go to help the animals that you're taking out of these really um, abusive and neglect situations. Yeah. Well, I've, like I said, I've been heavily involved in this about three years now. And every time I mention Pet Set, everybody in Houston knows you. Everybody oh. speaks highly of both of you and your in the job that you do. And we really appreciate it. Oh, because you. we need we need more, but you're doing a fantastic job. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. We're we making a difference for sure. We have a great, great team. Um, they work so hard. We have wonderful supporters. Um, we're blessed that we were able to do this. And then there are all the rescue groups, too, on the front lines doing doing so much work every single day. So yes. we're part of a big, big system. And so we're just blessed to be here. But thank you for saying that. And thank, thank you, you for caring. Thank you, because yeah. it's it's your voice and your witness of what happens on those front lines that makes a difference. It's going to make a difference in legislation and ordinances and and making big changes in the city so we don't have to see those animals suffer on an hourly, minutely, if you can say that, basis. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree with you. We, we need tougher laws, no doubt about yeah. it. Thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time and for all that you do. We're Thank really you very much. To know you. Yep. I'm going to give you a quick phone number, uh, Major Offender Division, Houston mm -hmm. Police Department. If you see something, uh, an animal cruelty situation or a dog needs help, 713-308-3100. Or you can get on the pause.org website and put it on pause. My officers go through that every morning. Great. So, Wonderful. Thank, thank you. you. Yes, please report. I will. Donate, Thank you very much, Donate ladies. and report. Okay. <laughs> Good to see you. Thank you very much. Thank you.